This is the TJ Show. I was at a dinner party on Saturday night, and everyone's talking, having a great time. And someone says, did you hear about the eight-foot-tall shadowy creature that was at the Miami Mall yesterday? (laughs) And she was totally serious, and I said, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there was an Mm eight-foot-tall shadowy creature at the mall and there were like uh, 60 or 100 cop cars that showed up on the scene and so I'm listening to this I'm like yeah well you know you know how the world is this kind of stuff it could happen right nothing surprises me anymore and I kept my cool at the dinner table but then when I got in the car I pulled out my phone and I immediately started googling what in the world is happening I gotta find out what's going on yeah was yeah. there a 8 foot tall mm-hmm shadowy creature at the mall and so I'm googling I'm googling eventually I start to see every news organization is posting headlines saying this was not an alien no cops are saying lol like I think the police department was actually quoted saying lol no I remember seeing videos and people were saying oh it's an alien at the Miami mall and I'm like come on man really so you got this news too yes and I was a little bit confused by it because I was like, well, why is every news organization posting that, that it wasn't an alien? Because you don't normally see that. And where did the rumor even start? Mm-hmm. Like, why of all disturbances or, you know, in this case, they're saying it was a bunch of young adults who were fighting each other with sticks and fireworks, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, full police force. Did you see the video from the top of the building where it's like 60 cop oh, yeah. cars in one yeah. lane? They rolled up. Mm-hmm. And so I start digging deeper into it and I'm searching, you know, like X, because that's where all the, the wild stuff is happening. Right. And I start looking up like alien creatures, whatever. And what I find so interesting about this is there are videos that have either been AI generated with an alien in it. And, and I know that it's obviously manipulated because it's the same scene and there are different aliens in it. So, <laughs> so you, you know that people are just adding it in. And then in certain videos, it actually looks like it is an alien walking around. And then in other videos, it's like someone took an alien out of a movie and then put it into the scene. Well, thankfully, we can't get anything over on you. But there's some people who probably saw that same clip that you saw, TJ, and thought, oh, my gosh, there really are aliens at this mall. Well, yeah. And, j it's so confusing because there are people who are saying that they were there and then they're describing their testimony of what they saw. And what I finally realized is even if something totally wild like this actually were to happen— None of us would know what's true and what isn't. We yeah. wouldn't be able to discern what the real story is. And that's kind of a frightening part of this, yeah. right? Like of every takeaway, the fact that, that we were talking about this over dinner, the fact that people were pulling out their phones, like showing news reports to everyone at the dinner party, none of that surprises me. But the fact that we wouldn't know if something really happened mm-hmm. is a little bit scary to me. Well, what bothers me is that whenever there's these so-called alien encounters, the videos look like trash. Like, how we have these amazing smartphones with all these great cameras, and all the videos look horrible. You can't even make anything out. But I I am curious to know how the rumor started and why so many people believed it. Is it just a, a bad version of the telephone game? Is it more than that? Did someone see a reflection? Was somebody having a little too much to drink in Miami and thought they saw something? Well, when you see that level of police response, you have to think this must be something serious. Yeah, and I guess in all fairness, they're reporting that it was a bunch of kids with fireworks. That is serious. You know, if people are shooting fireworks at one another, that is a serious yeah. thing. And you you do. And you don't know what that is at first glance. You see mm-hmm. a bunch of sparks and explosions. So that that is great that the police force was there. 
Our producer, Kenny, was in a place with snow over the weekend. Yeah, my girlfriend, Allison, and I went snow tubing. As a full-grown adult, that's a risky move. Why? Well, I remember when I was a kid, I did some sledding, and I tried to go over a little hill. Some kid built it so you could go over it, and then it would launch you over it. And I bashed my butt on the ground, and I couldn't move for a period of like 15 to 20 seconds. Ooh. I didn't know I didn't know what happened. And I, I was like, you know what? I don't need to sled anymore. And that was the end of it. That was the end of my sledding career. So I'm impressed you're still going. Well, this was at a ski resort with a tubing hill. So the, the place was intended for this to happen, and they didn't have any cool jumps like what you described. I wish they did, but they didn't. Kenny recorded himself in the tube so we could hear what it was like, how fun it was. This is actually a fantastic endorsement if you're thinking about, should I go somewhere snowy? Well, listen to this fun. Go, let go! Yeah, I miss making those sounds. <laughs> Haven't done that in a long time, but I'm due. I'm due for some fun and glee. <laughs> Listen to this. You're in line waiting to go to, I guess, the top of the mountain, right? Yeah, they have one of these magic carpet lifts. So it's essentially like a conveyor belt, like at the airport where the ground moves. Oh, yep. yeah. And it takes you up the hill. And he sees that someone's actually in danger ahead of him, a little old lady. And it just tell Jabo what happened, because I was impressed by this story. Yeah, I mean, all I, I, was, I wasn't paying any attention, and all of a sudden I see a, a small, older woman tumbling down the magic carpet lift. So she obviously what? fell, oh. and then she was just rolling like a boulder down oh. this lift. And I, I stepped in, and I, I stopped her from rolling, and I lifted her up, and I, I helped her to safety. Did you, like, cradle her in your arms? Kinda. Jabo, we work with this man every He's day. He's a hero. Have you been taking it for granted? Because I, I have. have. Yeah. I have, yeah. I think we need to reassess and realize that we're working with a hero, and mm -hmm. you carried this old lady back to her family. Yes. Which is impressive. That and is awesome. They seem to be very happy that you saved. Was it the mom or the grandma? Uh, she had the the. I guess her kids who were adults, and then some younger kids that were very very appreciative yeah. afterwards. Once we got to the top of the hill, it was grandma. That's yeah. incredible. And Kenny bragged to his girlfriend about it, as you would expect. Oh uh, yeah. Did a little post game interview. My handsome boyfriend steps in and legitimately catches her and prevents her from rolling down the rest of the magic carpet and like probably taking out several other people on the way and literally saved her life. Is it true that your boyfriend made it look effortless with this feat of strength? Effortless. Not only did he keep this woman in front of him, helped her to regain her standing position, he also held her basically the rest of the way. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> A handsome radio producer, now hero on the ski mountain. Back to you. Oh, wow. Yeah, he just wanted to make sure that he had a little backup that this really happened. And I'm happy for you, Kenny. Very well done. Yeah, did you think, did you think we were going to think you lied? Well, we believe your story. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted, to, I wanted to do a report. I mean, some news happened on my trip with my girlfriend, so I, I did a live report with an eyewitness. You're a great reporter, Kenny. No, were you the first person in line, or did she roll past other people? She, she appeared to roll past several people. <laughs> so multiple people let an old lady roll by them? I guess. You know, at first I thought it was like a little kid that was fooling around, and then I realized what was happening and, and got in front of her and stopped Man. her. But there were pl plenty of people behind us. So like Allison said, she could have taken out several other people so not we're, just one life I, I saved many lives then. we're in a world where people let little old ladies roll by them and don't do anything <laughs> about it but not Kenny he's there uh -huh. he saved the day well done Kenny 
This may be one of the craziest stories I've seen in a long time. And to me, this just, this has to show us that there's a good force on our side. What are the odds of this? There's a guy who wakes up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He gets ready for work and he finds out that his car was missing. It was stolen from his driveway. Oh, no. It was a bold move. He immediately called the police, reports the theft. Car was stolen. No one knows where it is. He didn't make it into his job that day, obviously, because he didn't have a car to Mm -hmm. get there. His job is at Walmart. Much to his surprise, his boss, who knows nothing about his car getting stolen, calls the guy and goes, hey, where are you? I'm trying to find you at Walmart. And he's like, oh, no, you know, my, my car got stolen. I couldn't make it in. She's like, no, you're lying. Your car is in the parking lot. <laughs> he's like, no, it's not. It, it was stolen. And so the boss just doesn't believe him. But then the boss goes, huh, well, that's interesting. If he's at home and his car is here, she calls the police department. The police show up. It turns out the thieves who stole this guy's car decided to go shopping at Walmart. <laughs> Did they need some milk and eggs? <laughs> yes. I mean, if you steal a car, don't you just drive it far yes. away? Where It was at the guy's job, all by accident. They had no idea. Police get there. They arrest this, this thief, and there were two other thieves with him. So it was like a ring of thieves. And they saw that they had licenses that weren't theirs. They had bank cards in their possession. So they busted these thieves who have been stealing cars in the area and it was all by accident. How does that happen? It's because the boss was like, nah, you lying. Where you at? You should come to work. (laughs) Police said that those items belong to people who had recently had their cars burglarized and these thieves have been making rounds of vehicles in the area recently. So it's pretty cool when you see something like that turn out to uh, just fall flat on its face. Yeah, someone was looking out for that guy. What a story. Yes, what? And not, now he gets his car back. You know, yeah. like, it, it couldn't have gone any better for this guy yeah. who woke up one morning thinking, oh, my luck. Yeah. But it turns out his luck was spot on that day. And the car wasn't damaged, I'm assuming. Doesn't say, but I assume they drove it to the Walmart. Right, so, so it works. That's it must great. have been fine. They, they caught it in between. I've heard stories where people's cars go missing and they have literally no idea where they went. And the reason why is because they take them to a shop, they rip it apart into a million pieces, and then they sell off all the parts. And you never know. It's like, it's a way to dissolve the steel. There's this entire documentary of cars that are stolen and taken to ports and put on cargo containers and shipped across the country. It's like this whole ring and this whole entire business. And mm. you find these stolen cars overseas being driven by other people who just bought them. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah. And your dad works in the car business, producer Heather. Does he ever talk about stolen cars or does he ever see anything? Uh, not to my knowledge. And I know nothing about cars, even though my dad is a mechanic, my brother is a mechanic, my other brother's a mechanic, and both of my uncles are mechanics, and I know nothing. Oh, so yeah. can't help you. Sorry. <laughs> well, that wasn't going the way I was <laughs> I thought for sure she'd know something. But that's like when I asked Kenny um, HVAC questions about the air conditioning. His dad runs an air conditioning company. Uh, yeah, my son. Uh, don't ask him any questions if you know what's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We walked into our new offices when we moved into this space about six or so months ago. And we had an AC issue, and I just wanted to know mm-hmm. how to turn it on. Kenny didn't know how to turn it on. <laughs> yeah. He talked he's about looking at it like he did. He was like, oh, I think it might be the switch right here. Uh, let me see. Uh. It's the lug nut. Fixed it. <laughs> yeah. yep. So this is an interesting end to the story. And hopefully, you know what? The thieves, this doesn't have to be their story for the rest of their lives. Right. Hopefully they make a turn. This is the TJ Show. 
This is the TJ Show, and it is January 8th, 2024. And I can't believe I get to say this, but welcome back to J-Bo. J-Bo was out sick last week, and it looks like you're fully recovered. You're better than ever. I wouldn't say I'm better than ever, but I am doing well. Good to have you back, J-Bo. You know, I missed you last week. I don't know how you felt about me. Oh, is there more to that? Yeah, I missed you. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know how you felt about me while you were while you were out. I thought you were still finishing your sentence. I missed you too. No, I was just making statements. You did miss you just say you missed me too? Oh yeah, good. I, said I missed right. you too. Cool. Who did you miss the most? Who did you miss the least? I missed you all collectively because you guys all bring something special into my life. Okay, great. So we're I rehearsed that line. Does it sound like I rehearsed did it? Did you yeah, rehearse yeah, it? Really good, okay. right? yeah. yeah. I I uh, Kenny we're very important together. Yeah, well you're quite the compliment fisherman, TJ. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> she bit yeah. on that one. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> Yeah, didn't get the results I was hoping for. I thought for sure she'd say she missed me the most and you last. And we would have had a great laugh, Kenny, but not happening today. You know, I'm still holding my breath a little bit when I walk past you, but I think you're fine. I respect that. Yeah, I mean, this is what we do. This is the world we're in. Everyone's all afraid. It's like, ah, what what are we going to do? But I, I got pretty close to you. Not really. Yeah, we were in the same room. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's pretty cool. I guess. It's because I love you. I mean, I'm waiting for a hug. Yeah, well, I, you know, we, we'll wait. We'll wait <laughs> till the, next week. Uh, Friday. <laughs> you get a hug on Friday. But, uh, man, it was wild being in here without Jabo, who we're with every day. My favorite moment of the week, which you probably missed because you were resting up, was when Kenny was pretending to be different kinds of birds. You know, he's very talented. <laughs> he is. And uh, he he really blew me away with his impression of a crow. I want to hear this. I want to make sure you hear this, Jabo. Listen to this. You got a crow sound you could do? <laughs> I mean, isn't that so impressive? That's really good. This is a guy we get to work with every day. <laughs> he's right. He's right next to you. Right next to me. You know, when I do the news, I'm really only doing an impression of a parrot. So it's another bird that I could do. Yeah, you're right. That is the news today. It's just everybody repeats the same few headlines. You know, thank you for pointing that out. Here's some more crow. Ah, I think it's <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he really gets into it. Can you do a pigeon? That's pretty good. Pretty good. What else? This is a bird. I don't know what kind of bird this is, but I always hear it outside. It, it whistles like. Do you like it? I That's love how serious. Yeah, he takes it so seriously, and I appreciate that about him. Hey, pretty Did bird. you do an eagle? <laughs> right on the spot. Didn't even prepare him for that. He just had it. Well, that sounds a little bit more like a louder crow. <laughs> you know, the reason why this came up was because it was National Bird Day, and we found out that crows are so smart. And maybe you'll want to make friends with a crow after you hear this, Jabo. They're so smart, and like the way their brain is sized compared to their body, they're like geniuses. If you make friends with them, they actually know who you are, and sometimes they'll bring you shiny gifts, huh. and this has been recorded. And so, sure enough, this weekend, I'm outside, and I see a crow, and I'm like, wait! Stay right there! <laughs> and I ran inside, and I got a piece of bread, and I came out, and the thing flew away! <laughs> it didn't want to be your friend. I'm trying already desperately. already a friend quota. Yeah, I, wanna, I want to gain a crow's trust, because if it brings back a shiny thing, that will be... A legacy story for my family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what imagine, that means, right? What? If you can gain their trust and it can be your friend, that means it can also be your enemy. Don't do them wrong. You're right. That's yeah. exactly right. They remember your face if you make them mad and they'll tell their crow buddies uh-uh. to come and get you. So we discovered all this on National Bird Day and I'm so glad we did. And it made it so much better that Kenny could be a crow for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Your face. laughs> 
Yeah. This is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, Kim. I, I can also bring you shiny objects, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's things like a, a paperclip, you know? Like, it doesn't really change your life. Although I would use, if a crow brought me a paperclip, I would definitely use it. That's impressive. <laughs> but you never know. Like, maybe they find a little ring or something. Yeah. I just, I'm like really impressed with this animal. So I tried this weekend to make friends with a crow. I told you I'd give you an update on Monday. Not successful yet. It's it right. flew away. But it Keep also, trying. if it knew I was going into the house to get some bread, it totally would have stuck around. Can you work on making friends with a crow too? Or would all of us be willing to try to make friends with a crow? If one of us does it, that counts as something great. I mean, I'm a little afraid of birds, but... Are you really? Yeah. Why? Because they freak me out. Well, yeah, they're freaky, but... Have you seen the movie Birds? Yeah, of course. <laughs> they can attack you. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm traumatized from that movie. This is a work in progress. If you're friends with a crow, don't hesitate to reach out. Jabo, good to have you back, by the way. Um, feels good to be back. Jabo has this cat that's so impressive. His name is Apollo. Yeah, that's my boy. That's him. He meows like a lion roar. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's just, it's very fancy in the way that he makes his sounds. And he's actually a cat alarm clock, which is something I didn't know about certain cats. Or is your cat unique in this, that your cat will not let you go to bed because he wants more of your attention? Well, when it's time to go to bed, he comes to me and tells me when to go to bed. He meows at me. He kind of puts his little nails in, in my leg if I'm sitting at the desk or watching TV. Yeah. But then in a cruel twist, he keeps meowing at you uh-huh. and you have a hard time falling asleep. Yep. So what does he want? Is he just letting you know he's sad it's bedtime maybe? I think he just wants my attention and I'm not giving it to him. Yeah, or maybe it's just because he's got an animal brain that's so small. Maybe he's like, oh, it's bedtime. I want to help you. But then when he puts you to bed, he's like, no, no, I don't want this. No. <laughs> and so Jabo recorded Apollo's response to her going to bed after he let her know go to bed. And this is what it sounds like in her house. <laughs> It's like a sad cat movie. If there was a sad black and white cat movie, it would be this sound, right? It's a different kind of meow because when he's upbeat and perky, he sounds like this. But when he said that Jabo went to bed... You hear that? Now, have you locked him outside of your room at this point? No, I don't lock him out or else he wouldn't let me sleep at all. He would probably do that all night long. Apollo is crying. That or singing. No, he's not singing. You don't sound like that if you're singing a happy <laughs> tune, that's for sure. He does this whenever I go to bed or whenever I get up in the morning. Oh, I mean, poor buddy. Do you, do you ever go to him and be like, I what's feel wrong? For him. I do. I'll call out to him like, Apollo, come here, buddy. And then he'll be like, ah. He changes? Mid meow. He's like, Wah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm still here. Come here. I don't know what, is it, what it is. It's like he's sad that the house is dark. And I'm not giving him attention. Doesn't he have night vision? Yes. Yeah, he should be fine. Oh, he stopped. Oh, oh no. no. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Oh. Every time you think he's done, yep. he just jabs you with another one. That's just right. when I think he stopped, he started up again. In the morning, he does it like it's an alarm. Like, sir, I already have six alarms set. I don't need you to help. Does he know when you're supposed to wake up? He tells me when to wake up. Really? How does he do that? He comes over. Like he'll at that point when he's done meowing throughout the night, he'll come jump on the bed, sleep at my feet, and then the morning when it's time to get up, he will walk up to my face and he's like, 
Wow. Wow. See, that's the kind of animal I want. Yeah. I want it to be programmed. Hopefully, at some point, they can program animals like people are getting programmed now. Um, we can get animals to do the things we want them to do. That'd like be nice. Wake us up. And who would, I would much prefer a kitty cat alarm clock than the alarm clock that I have that jars me. Yeah. He's a rooster cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yes, uh, producer Heather. Follow the rooster cat. He sounds terrifying, though. Like, if I didn't know that was a cat, I would think, like, your apartment's haunted by, like, a Victorian (laughs) child. Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, at least someone will break in, you know? Did you see the story about the cat who rescued the little family dog from a coyote? Yes. Yeah, isn't that cool? brilliant. You must be proud of your little Apollo there, huh? I'm sure Apollo could do the same thing. That's his family. (laughs) That's his cousin. Yeah, it is his cousin. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to let you guys choose. You want a story about a good animal or a bad animal? Well, are you going to share both? Is that the plan? Guess, yeah, I don't know. Well, okay, well, let's start with the bad one then, and then we'll end on a good note. <laughs> All right, you'd rather hear the bad news than the yeah, good news? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, here is the bad animal story. The Washington Post is reporting the story of a couple and their golden doodle, Cecil. Cecil. What is it, Cecil? Could be either one. Mm. Cecile from <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> whatever you want it to be today. Yeah. (laughs) Cecile never did anything bad in his life until he ate $4,000. That's a horrible dog. He ate... Bad boy. Four grand. The couple had to withdraw the cash from their bank to pay a construction working crew. They put the money on the kitchen table. Mm -mm. 30 minutes later, they walk in, they discover chewed up bills scattered across the floor. This is their seven-year-old golden doodle. They describe him as goofy. See, I'd be much meaner. Heck yeah. (laughs) Goofy. I have other words to describe that dog. They said they were more shocked than angry. The couple called their vet to see if the dog was in danger. It turns out Cecile is a big dog, so the vet said, he should be fine as long as he's eating. And for a small dog, it might have been a different story. The couple did their best to piece together what they could from the dog's rampage because the bank will take back messed up bills as long as the serial number is visible. They came away with $1,500 in chewed up bills. So you do the math. There's That's a little, not 4000 They're yeah, missing quite a bit. There's a little bit more they got to find. And so what they have to do? You know, they had to wait. And they waited. <laughs> and uh, they, they did recoup some of the other losses an extra $1,800 to add to the mix but they were still shy about $700 their hope is that uh, in the remnants that didn't have the full serial number they can wash them send them into the treasury department and hopefully they'll get some more of that back if they want to be nice about it I mean who wouldn't be nice about that come on that's a messy stinky situation to be in Uh, I know they did keep one bill to frame his artwork to remember this whole ordeal so (laughs) that's the story of the bad animal now you ready for the good animal oh yeah okay yeah it's not all bad news for the animals out there there's a mouse that has been filmed tidying up a man's shed every night and this is not just a fluke this guy kept discovering that things from the night before had been mysteriously tidied up. The guy's name is Rodney. He's a 75-year-old man. And so he set up a night vision camera to see what was going on. It's a little tiny mouse. Little ratatouille? Yeah. Picking <laughs> up clothes, pegs, corks, nuts, and bolts. And the guy says 99 times out of 100, the mouse tidies things up through the night. And so now he doesn't even tidy up. He just leaves stuff around in the mouse. <laughs> he puts it all back in the box. This is amazing. I need a mouse because I'm tired of cleaning up. <laughs> yeah, we're living in a Disney movie, Jabo. You're right. 
And he goes, I love to now test to see like how heavy can the mouse lift? And so he's been leaving out some cable ties and that's worked. He's able to carry it over. He's got like super mouse strength. Nice. Like I, Mighty Mouse. Remember Mighty yeah, Mouse Mighty, the cartoon? Yeah. This is the real Mighty Mouse. That's it. And the guy says it's a real experiment and he keeps adding different things. And he said uh, that he's got a penchant for cleaning. He said if he left his wife there, he'd probably tidy up his wife. <laughs> to bed. So, yeah, all kinds of animal stories happening out there. I love our animals. This is the TJ Show, our news. It sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on the planet today? There's a lunar mission that's set to launch from this planet today, and this lunar mission could make history for several reasons. What other planets... Well, what other planets were there a lunar mission from? Well, how do you know? Really? I mean, if there are other planets launching lunar missions, then we really have a problem. Well, other planets have their own moons, so maybe they're going to their own moons. I don't know. Then we should be researching that, not sending <laughs> off rockets into lunar missions. With all the alien rumors, we got to specify what planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, it's just something about you asking me what's going on the planet today. <laughs> My first story involves outer space. So the United Launch Alliance and Astrobotics are launching a rocket that will carry their Peregrine lander. And if it lands successfully on the moon, it will be the first time an American spacecraft has touched down on the moon in 50 plus years. Wow. And what are they doing up there? So they're doing several things, but another history making aspect of this mission is the payload that it's carrying, which includes cremated human remains. So two private companies have offered memorial services in the sense that they could send their loved ones remains to outer space and have them be on the moon. You know how people sometimes like to spread their ashes at sea or yeah. in yeah. a park? Well, now you can do that on the moon. Well, who wants their ashes on the moon? So they're going to spread the ashes onto the moon. I don't know exactly what they're doing once they get up there because from what I understand this is an unmanned mission, but the ashes will be in this lander which will be on the moon, so now the ashes are on the moon. Oh, I don't know I, would, I could see people saying that as a joke, like, throw my ashes on the moon. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually wants that. Well, but I, they, they do. They do. And huh. there's there's two companies that specialize in this kind of thing. And it costs quite the pretty penny to send yeah. your ashes up to space. That gives so. a new meaning to moon dust. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd leave it to humans to mess up this like perfectly fine uh. dust up there. Now, not everybody is happy with it. Representatives from Navajo Nation protested this as it goes against their beliefs. The White House even held a last-minute meeting with them, but emphasized they can't dictate what cargo a private company carries up to the moon. Huh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and NASA admitted that, especially since they're relying more on the private sector for these outer space missions, that there could be more contentious moon missions in the future. Yeah, I guess no one owns the moon. No one owns the moon. Yeah, that's interesting. At least not yet. Kenny, what else do you have? <laughs> well, the Golden Globes were last night, and Oppenheimer was the big winner, taking home five trophies, including Best Motion Picture Drama. Killian Murphy won for Best Actor. Robert Downey Jr. won Best Supporting Actor. Christopher Nolan won Best Director. And Ludwig Göransson won for Best Original Score. Did everyone from the movie show up? Most people, everyone who won an award showed up. That's cool. Good for him. You know, he cares so much about his craft. It's good to see it get some recognition. Yeah, so the 
Barbenheimer phenomenon of the summer. Settled. Recaptured here. Barbie (laughs) only won two awards. They won the new category, Cinematic and Box Office Achievement, and they also won for Best Original Song, the Billie Eilish and Phineas song, What Was I Made For? Mm. I was a little upset by that because I was rooting for I'm Just Ken, performed by Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that's quite an upset, right? I I don't know. I mean, the Billie Eilish song is a beautiful song. The I'm Just Ken song is a lot of fun. I was upset. I don't know if it's considered an upset. The other new category that was introduced last night, best stand-up special on television, Ricky Gervais won for his Netflix special, Armageddon. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Kenny, what else do you have? People Online is sharing this amazing video from Thailand of a golden retriever rescuing a drowning pigeon from a koi pond. Hmm. Did they ask the dog why? I don't know. The video shows this bird floating. The dog owner believes the bird fell into the pond and then started floating on the surface due to exhaustion. So you could see the dog reaching its head. He grabs the bird by the tail and then takes takes it out to dry land to safety. And you can see the bird's wings flapping once it's out of the water. And it doesn't try to eat it or anything. So I'm happy you brought up this possible conspiracy because the video doesn't ever show the dog putting the bird down. Oh, the owner uh, says <laughs> the owner says that the dog did put the bird down and then the bird kind of hung out for a few minutes and then once it regained its strength, it flew away. But you don't actually see that in the sure video. Sure it did. So it's a golden retriever. He was retrieving the bird out of the water. So I was curious too, TJ, did the story end differently than what they're describing? Or perhaps they just cut out the end of the video where the owner's like, put that bird down, put it down. <laughs> right. Well, put that bird down. Right. Let's give the retriever the benefit of the doubt. And here's why. Labradors, Goldens, they're trained to retrieve ducks after a hunter okay. shoots it out of the sky. Yeah. Now, in that case, the bird's dead. Yeah. But they're trained to have what's called a soft mouth, uh-huh. where they don't puncture mm-hmm. the bird. So maybe, I don't know, he just knew what to do. My dog's trained to take a treat with a soft mouth. Mm-hmm. I have a retriever, and uh, it's cute. So I'm going to go with he saved the bird. It's a, it's a really cute video. But uh, didn't know he was saving it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. Kenny, what else do you have? Kohler, uh, makers of fine plumbing products since 1873, is now making some product advancements fit for 2024. Oh. At the annual Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, the company introduced their Pure Wash bidet seat that has Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa built in. Mm-mm. I don't need Alexa or Google to know what my bum is doing. <laughs> yeah, how do they do that with t- camera technology? <laughs> no, no. So it, it's built into the seat, which is heated. It has an air dryer, and it also has adjustable temperatures and water pressure. So you can, instead of adjusting some kind of nozzle yourself, you could say, hey, Alexa, make that water for my bum a little bit warmer or a little bit cooler. I think once a company can invent the travel bidet, where you like unfold this thing that's in a small little pouch and you put it on every seat. Game changer. That's the game changer. That's the one that wins. So Tushy, uh, the product that I use, the one that I bought for Heather for our white elephant gift exchange, has a travel bidet that they market. But it's it's a a water bottle. Uh, 
So oh. you, you fill up a water bottle <laughs> and it's got like a squirt nozzle and I guess you could take it with you wherever you happen to be and then It's like Aquafina sh- bottle, you just sh- shoot, shoot the, it right there. Yeah, you and shoot the water in yourself. <laughs> that's why you don't take a sip of other people's drinks. I'm gonna pass on that. But it doesn't look like something you'd want to take a sip from. Oh good. Well I'm glad that there's a very clear difference. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine the bathroom pranks you can pull on somebody with this toilet, with this bidet? Give me one. I mean, you just you could be in the other room and just tell Alexa, like, hey, Alexa, make that water cold. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. it fires off. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like All you hear from the bathroom is, Whoa! Yeah, the world's just getting too complicated, Jabo. I'm with you. Kenny, what else do you have? The NFL season is over, and that means we are set with the 14-team playoff field starting next week. If I haven't watched a game yet this season, too late to jump on board with the playoffs? No, not at all. There are a lot of storylines that I think are interesting to follow. One that I'm following is the Houston Texans, who were the second worst team in the NFL last year, making the playoffs for the first time in a long time. That's fun. Them. They have a rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryans. He's Love 39 it. years old. He's actually got a player on the Texans team that played with him back during his playing days. So I think that's cool to have a coach coaching a former teammate on the Texans. They also have a rookie quarterback who's having a stellar year in C.J. Stroud. So keep an eye out on the Houston Texans. But back to the regular season for a moment, the Jets defeated the Patriots in a meaningless game yesterday, possibly Bill Belichick's career with the Patriots ending with a loss to the New York Jets. Is it ever meaningless when the Jets actually win? (laughs) Not to me. (laughs) And also, there's a lot of history there. That's funny because I barely know anything about football, but I know this. Jets fans are not a fan of Bill Belichick, right? Mm -hmm. Because he left them high and dry and went off to the Pats, had this amazing career, and they always sort of... And also there was that whole scandal about if he was putting cameras in the practice facility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they beat him. They must love it. You're you're referring to the year 2000 when... Bill Belichick was named the next head coach of the New York Jets. He wrote down on a napkin, I resign at head co- as head coach on the way up to the podium for the press conference and spent a half hour of that press conference explaining why he wasn't going to be the head coach oh, of the man. Jets. Wow. So <laughs> he took the job, they hired him, they were ready to unveil him, and then he bailed, went on to coach the Patriots, obviously had a very successful career. But the word on the street is that he's done. Uh, there's no official word just yet. He's expected to meet with Patriots. Patriots owner Robert Kraft to discuss the scenarios, but he likely will not be the Patriots coach next year. Will he coach somewhere else? Will the Patriots trade for Bill Belichick, Mm. which is a rare thing, but does happen from time to time. They might be able to get some value by trading Bill Belichick, who's still under contract to another team. Does anyone still want him after what's been going on this year? He's got more Super Bowl wins and more playoff victories than any other coach in the NFL. He still has life inside of him. I'm a fan. I like him. I I like his story. I like how hard he works. I mean, I hope it's not his last game where he gets beaten by the Jets, but imagine if it was. Talk about a full circle moment. Yeah, I I think the idea, or at least the impression that I'm getting, is that he's not done coaching just yet, but Mm. it does appear he's done with the Patriots. One other thing about the NFL from yesterday, there was a questionable decision made at the end of the Atlanta Falcons-New Orleans Saints game. The Saints had the game in hand. They lined up in victory formation where usually the quarterback takes a knee to run out the clock. Instead, they ran a last play and scored another touchdown. Wow. Which wasn't necessary because the Falcons had like 17 points and that gave the Saints... 
like they're at 48 points. Yeah, I think it was like they 48, had won the game. 17 final score. Yeah. The head coach of the Falcons, who was fired after the game, but granted he had three losing seasons in a row, ran up to the middle of the field and yelled at the New Orleans Saints coach for making that call in the first place. Why not get the extra touchdown? I mean, what's the it's, point? It's, it's, rub, it's rubbing it in. It's fun. No, right? it's what's the point? The game's over. Just go. You won. Congrats. It turns out the coach didn't make that call. The players in the huddle totally made their own decision <laughs> and they said, okay, we want to run this one in. See, people are still busting chops yeah. and everyone's having a great time. What are you going to do? It's like, can we go back to the schoolyard where we were throwing the ball around? Everyone That's... on the winning team was having a great time. <laughs> right. Kenny, what else you have? Well, wearing a watch can definitely save you from being late, but it turns out it may also save your life in certain situations. I love this story already. I'm <laughs> such a fan of watches. I've got one and it's an old school one. It's not an iWatch. I got an iWatch. Well, cool. I like mine better than yours. Did All you get right. that for Christmas, Kenny? I did. Oh, look at you, fancy schwancy. All the things you've missed, Jay. I know. I Welcome was out last back. week sick. Yes, camera guy Josh. It's an Apple Watch. It's not an iWatch. Yeah, oh, I was going yeah, to correct him, but I was like, I'm going to let him have that one. Who cares? I, 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 I'd actually rather get the name wrong for the record. That's how little Since I want to you don't know. have one. But that's how little I want to be connected to a computer more than we already are. Yeah, okay. So, there, Josh. So, we're learning from NBC News the story of a fisherman who fell off his boat and was stranded floating at sea for almost 24 hours. There's another reason I don't need to go on boats. I'm going on a boat on a fishing trip by yourself. Yeah, it's like there's a fishmonger down the street. <laughs> well, fishing is fun, yeah, but, well. but it can be dangerous. So this guy was fishing for marlin off the coast of New Zealand. He fell off the boat. He was all by himself. The boat was still idling. So it was still moving, granted at a slow speed, but much faster than he could swim. So oh. he could never catch up to oh the boat. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine the feeling of being in the water and just oh. watching your, your boat, boat sail away? Drive away mm. on its own. Yeah. So he was floating for 23 hours. Oh. He even said a shark came by, nah. swam up to, quote, take a sniff. Mm-mm. My spirit would have left my body. I would have been like, just take me now, God, please. Like, there's wow. no way. Wow. Uh-uh. Yeah, so he's crediting an eagle-eyed fisherman who noticed, quote, a strange reflection off in the distance. That reflection came from the sunlight reflecting off the man's watch. This was a smart move on his part. This was intentional. He was trying desperately to signal anybody, noticed he was getting a reflection from his watch, and was able to signal this fisherman who came by to mm. rescue him. The man was hypothermic and exhausted. When he returned to land, there was an ambulance waiting for him. Otherwise, he is fine. And officials wow. are hailing the, quote, boaties, which I guess is a term for boaters in New Zealand, which I like, uh, for doing a stellar job. Without a doubt, they saved the man's life. Oh, yeah. Man. That story is a miracle, first of all. Yep. And second of all, I'm sure the sharks appreciate the good news you pointed out about their community. You <laughs> yeah. know, they're, they're not all attackers. This no. was a very great example. The shark was full. That's what it really what it came down yeah, to. It was a nice shark. There are nice sharks. I've been hearing about that for a long time. There's some proof. Yeah, I think it was a curious shark. He wanted to sniff yep. around to see what it was and then, then moved on to Oof. bigger and better things. So thank you to the shark community. Kenny, what else do you have? A scary scene unfolded on Friday afternoon when an Alaska Airlines flight from Portland, Oregon to Ontario, California, uh, a piece of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft blew out oh. shortly after takeoff. Literally, there was a hole the size of, re- of a refrigerator in the side of the plane. And it landed okay? Yeah, so they immediately turned around and landed back in Portland. The oxygen masks... 
uh, came down. Uh, apparently, there was nobody seated right next to the hole or in the middle seat. And they're also saying, thankfully, this happened while the plane was still climbing. So everybody still had their seatbelts on. Wow. If they were at cruising altitude and let's oh say the goodness. crew members were serving drinks mm-hmm. or people were getting up to go to the bathroom, it could have ended much differently. What would have happened? Would it have like vacuumed I think it whatever would have it was sucked, out? Sucked oh, them out? Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. It's horrifying. Do they know why this happened? Uh, no, not yet. So what they did do was ground all 737 MAX 9 aircrafts the following day for emergency inspections. They were looking mm-hmm. for the piece that blew off. They found it this weekend in the backyard of an Oregon man. Kenny, thank you for keeping us somewhat informed. That's what's happening. 